0: Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's splendid satirical saunter down memory lane to those thrilling days of yesteryear, throwing shade. Remember, if you love the adventures of the shade and the vamp, head over to Patreon at www.patreon.com/efct and become a subscriber for all sorts of exclusive shade rewards. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy eclectic full contact theaters throwing shade.
1: There is a darkness in the minds of men, a darkness in their hearts, a darkness in a room with no lights. And who knows that darkness? The shade knows. By day, Theodore Rockwell is a go-getter reporter for the Chicago Gazette-Times-Herald. But by night, he becomes the Shade. In fairness, he's been the Shade during the day as well. Using his uncanny ability to wear dark clothing. You know, you'd think since he's not strictly nocturnal, he'd have a lighter outfit for daytime activities. You never think about these things until you think about them. Then, you can't think about anything else, right? What? Think about my paycheck. Why would... Oh, right. Moving on. He, assisted by his girl Friday, Wednesday morning, who is the mysterious female vigilante, the vamp, defends the downtrodden and fights the forces of evil. But can one man defend the innocent from the scourge of Chicago's underbelly? Find out in this week's episode, Rules of Engagement. Sponsored by... Can I get a hallelujah? Mango Flakes! It seems that producing an adequate product nobody develops strong feelings for equates to success, or at least nobody calling for your removal. So get a box of Generic Mills Manko Flakes, the white noise of breakfast. Also brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater, bringing you high-quality 1930s radio-style satire since, hey, we're almost through our second season. Who'd have thunk it? Not me, that's for sure. When my agent told me about this, I said it didn't stand a snowball's chance in hell. Oh, I said that part out loud, didn't I? Let's just move on, shall we? Last week on Throwing Shade.
2: Ah, Nerza.
1: And now, on to our story. Act 1, Scene 1. Red face in the morning. Chicago gets awkward. As 1936 loomed on the horizon and the Depression showed little sign of letting up, political tensions were running high. Demonstrations for fairer labor practices, better working conditions, job creation, and economic equality spread throughout the land. And Chicago was no exception. It seemed every day there was a new organization making noise.
3: luck having a happy new year without the noisemakers local 437 no contracts no
1: but as the new year dawned a strange pattern began to emerge at these events it started small
4: <laughs>
1: ladies
5: and gentlemen i know you're busy and just trying to get through your day but i want you to think think Why do we allow society to impose on us this concept that we are different because our skin is different? Why do we allow our brothers and sisters to be treated like second-class citizens because of the color of their skin? The Civil War ended 70 years ago. Shall we allow this to persist? Nay, I
3: say. Nay! I guess you could say we're getting that straight from the
1: horse's mouth. Horse or not, it's about time somebody said it.
6: You disagree? How provocative.
1: Disagrees? Who disagrees?
3: I didn't say I disagreed. It was a joke. Because of the nay thing. Get it? Nay?
1: Force? You're gonna get it. You don't let this fella speak.
5: It is only through recognizing what we have in common and rejecting the narrative from the powers that be that we are all too different to mix and mingle that we can shrug off the yoke of oppression for all of us and fulfill the great
1: potential of both this city and this nation. The crowd was transfixed by the scrappy young man on the street corner and completely taken with his message. They could, therefore, be forgiven for not noticing who it was that walked behind him with a pair of scissors. However...
3: His pants fell down. Now that is funny. <laughs> How embarrassing.
1: I can't take anything he says seriously after that. Are you kidding me? See, this is why I don't come up to the north side. But wait, don't
5: go. My my message.
3: Try the burlesque howl, buddy.
2: But soon it grew. Listen, you mugs, I'm telling you, if we strike, we'll cripple them. They won't know what hit them, and then they'll have to listen to our demands. Like health benefits. This is a dangerous racket, and you guys is owed the right to see a doctor.
5: Look, Jimmy, it sounds good, but if we strike, won't they just hire more milkmen?
2: What are you talking about? You're skilled workmen. It's not just anybody can get up before dawn and navigate these streets. That's tough.
6: He makes an interesting point.
3: He deserves attention. Come to think of it, he's right. It's hard to deliver that early. It's dark out. Yeah, we're like bats. Bats is blind. I'd say we're more like cats. They see in the dark real good.
5: And they like milk.
2: Bats, cats, it don't matter. What matters is you've got the power. So who's in
1: for a strike? The workers, and Mr. Jimmy Hofstra himself, were so taken up in the exuberance of their newfound feline abilities and power that none of them noticed just who it was that slapped Jimmy Hofstra on the back. What they did know is that when Jimmy turned around to look...
5: Hey, he's got a sign on
3: his back that says, Kick Me! Well, he's always talking about the importance of solidarity. (claps) Ow! Hey! Ow! This is fun. Yeah, who needs health insurance when you got this? Oh and he did say
5: he wanted us to strike. <laughs> Ow! Oh, how humiliating.
1: And then it even reached the halls of government, or at least the front steps of government. For on the steps of city hall,
0: all right, the men, everybody keep your eyes appealed. We don't want no shenanigans at this press conference. Things get a little crazy whenever somebody starts talking about equal rights.
6: Excuse me, Chief Cannoli, is this your dog?
0: That's right, but today he is here in his official capacity as a member of a press.
6: Very impressive. He does, however, look parched. Might I give him a drink of water?
0: Ask him yourself. I'm not his keeper. Well, I am, but you know what I mean.
1: The considerate stranger pulled a small canteen off his belt and a small bowl out of a bag. Here you go. He looks
6: much better. Have a nice day, Chief Cannoli.
0: You too, a random citizen? Okay, paddles, You should go take your place with the rest of the reporters. This a dog and a phony show is about to start. Ruff! Huh? Ruff! That don't make no sense. We'd never get a permit for ponies on the steps of a city or hall. Plus, said he's a fellow who's going to run against the mayor of Crane. He's a millionaire who inherited all of his money. And says he understands that they're a man. So, like I say, dog in a phony show.
7: Really, Chief Cannoli? You know something about Eugene Gomper's Crookshank that the rest of us don't?
0: Besides the fact his name is really hard to say. Only that he never worked a day in his life. I can't say that he missed anything.
7: I've heard him speak elsewhere. He's pretty inspiring. He may just give Mayor Crane a run for his money.
0: See what I tell you. He's just another politician running after a money. You can quote me on that.
7: And because I like Chief Cannoli, I won't.
0: Get ready. Here he comes.
1: The speaker took to the podium as the press gathered around. Eager for the best shot.
7: Mr. Mr.
3: Ladies and gentlemen of the press. Ooh, I like him already.
0: You're the only woman here, I believe that's called
3: pandering.
7: Quiet, you.
3: My name is Eugene Gompers Crookshank, and I am here to announce my candidacy for Chicago's mayor. Ooh,
7: no I mean, <laughs> so
4: that's what
3: now, there are those that question my integrity. They say that while I claim to be a man of the people, I was in fact born with a silver spoon in my mouth. That must a height. It's his mother I feel sorry for. To those people, I say,
0: Peshaw. Peshaw? Peshaw. I loved his Pygmalion. Let me guess, demerits?
7: To be honest, I haven't decided. How many peas in Peshaw?
3: While it is true I cannot truly comprehend the common man's struggle, I can recognize that his struggle is too great and must be eased if we are to
1: have a fair, just, and equitable society. As the speech continued, Puddles approached the podium, weaving as he walked. Hey, ain't that Puddles, the rover reporter? Yeah, what's he doing? Puddles walked up to Eugene Gomper's Crookshank, sniffed him, then just as the candidate reached the pinnacle of his speech. Which is why I say a vote for Crookshanks is a vote for... Puddles. Oh, I can't even say it. It's too terrible. I- I'll just let you hear the reaction. <gasps> <gasps> That's one heck of an
6: editorial.
5: You can't trust a guy dogs don't like. Puddles! Puddles! <clears throat>
1: one, scene two. Knock, knock. Who's there? Investigative journalism. Theo and Wednesday find an ally. As more and more of these strange happenings occurred, Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday morning brought it to the attention of Chicago Gazette-Times Herald Editor-in-Chief Clarence Clemens. He was not impressed.
8: I'm not impressed. There's no story here. Some loudmouth rabble rousers got embarrassed. That's not news. But there's evidence Puddles had been given a
0: dose
7: of epicac. Epic what I think the evidence of what that is ended up all
8: over Crookshank's shoes. So how can you say there's no story? That's foul play. So Crane did it to discredit the guy running against him. It's an election year. In Chicago. That's not even close to foul play.
7: Don't you find it odd that these embarrassing events are only happening to those espousing pro-labor, pro-union, and pro-equality messages?
8: You have any proof
7: they're connected? Well, um, no. no.
8: All right, then. Maybe it's only happening them because they're scolds, always talking down to people. I'm just some plain old John Q public, but they always make it sound like I'm responsible for everything bad happening. So maybe, if they didn't sit so high on their horse, people wouldn't have to take them down a peg. Ignoring the mixed metaphor... It's everywhere. You can't escape it, even on the radio. You'll be listening to some perfectly hilarious comedy program, then all of a sudden one of the characters has to launch into some moralizing monologue where they tell everybody how they should behave and then what they should think. Everybody should get up in arms and demand it stop.
7: Yes, I can see how that could be annoying. But Chief, Wednesday and I have been doing some digging we think these occurrences might have something to do with a criminal organization trying to influence world affairs
8: never since prohibition ended organized crime is old news it'll never sell
7: not that kind of organization mr clemens look at the un a delegate from france who was trying to convince the other major powers to pay more attention to what was happening in germany sat down at the end of his speech on a whoopee cushion <laughs>
8: Now that's funny. (laughs) It sure is. No, it isn't.
0: (laughs) No, it isn't. In the big picture. As a gag in and of itself, that is hilarious. Theo! But that's not the point. The point is, it's completely undermined his speech, embarrassed him, and kept anyone from taking
8: him seriously. Of course they couldn't take him seriously.
7: He's French. What do you have against the French, Mr. Clemens?
8: One word. Mimes. Good 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 point. If you're trying to convince me that there's some secret cabal attempting to rule the world from the shadows, you too seriously need a vacation. We can have a vacation? No! You can get out there and get me a real story!
0: This is the most. Somebody feed that cat! That's all I'm asking. How could he not believe us?
2: Story of my life.
0: Wally Winchell, how's the joke-a-day column treating you?
2: It's a laugh riot. I've never felt so fulfilled. Really? No, I hate every minute of it. I wouldn't be able to make it through the day if it weren't for Manko flakes.
7: Oh, well, I've heard average things about them. Are they good?
2: They're acceptable. What they do do is get me moving and put me in the perfect frame of mind for writing the joke of the day column—banal and uninspired. How is that right for writing jokes? Trust me. For the joke-a-day column, you don't want to have any ideas of good or bad floating around in your head. When you just need to get it done, get manko flakes.
7: Thanks, Wally.
2: You're
0: actually taking that down?
7: He looks like he needs to pick me up. And I may have just found a way to appreciate all of your puns.
0: A har har, a hearty, a har.
2: I couldn't help it over here since the doors are all very thin and Clements as well Clements. But I think you're on to something.
7: You know about these strange happenings as well.
2: As you know, I'm keenly interested in what's happening overseas. You may have mentioned it once or a thousand times. These same types of things are happening internationally. Just last week, British Minister of Defense, Sir Thomas Inkship, was to meet the visiting German dignitaries. He took a short nap in his office, and when he welcomed those dignitaries, he discovered that someone had shaved off his right eyebrow and the left side of his mustache. The Germans wouldn't stop laughing, and the meeting was canceled.
7: That's embarrassing.
2: That's not all. Mikhail Kalinin, the Russian head of state, was to reveal an official portrait of himself to visiting foreign officials. Except, when it was unveiled, Kalinin's likeness was sporting a huge red clown nose. He was mortified, and he hasn't been able to show his face since. Meaning, more power has slid over to Joseph Stalin.
7: Who would want to embarrass both heads of state and some poor guy on a street corner trying to make the world a better place?
2: I don't know, but if you two are going to look into it, I'd like to tag along.
7: What about your column?
2: No worries there. I had a big bowl of manco flakes and wrote enough knock-knock jokes to fill a month's worth of columns. Want to hear one? No. No. Great. (sighs) Knock-knock. Who's Who's there? there? Two. To To who? who? Actually, it's to whom. Hey! uh, Wait for me! I've got a great one about an interrupting turtle!
1: As our intrepid trio set off to search for the truth... A mysterious figure detached itself from the shadows of a nearby alley and started following them. Oh! I I scared myself! Quick! Foley! Do the sting! Act 1, Scene 3 What fools these mobsters be? Even organized crime can't escape the secret organization. While our triumvirate of truth launched their investigation, downtown, there was a meeting of the minds of a decidedly different stripe happening in the 13th Street Social Club, overseen by Nunzio the Fish Kohlrabi.
6: Gentlemen, welcome. As you know, I am your host, Nunzio the Fish Kohlrabi. Allow me to introduce my associate, Guido.
2: Guido, I thought you were tired to become a firefighter.
8: I did, Mr. Tortelli, but, you know, I just couldn't stay away. You know what they say, follow your dreams.
5: Yeah, yeah, that's all very heartwarming. But I would like to know why you's changed your password on us without informing anybody. I, Paulie, the Piston Petrocelli, am not used to standing outside an establishment being disrespected.
2: You weren't being disrespected. Nunzio sent a memo months ago. You guys in Detroit need to learn how to read.
5: I will not be lectured to by a guy named Tony the
6: Tortoise Tortelli and from Cleveland of all places. Hey, hey, enough. Let me introduce the new guys. This is Vinny Tundra. He just took over Milwaukee. Go Packers. And this is Mumbles Moscato, the new boss of Indianapolis.
8: And he had his head in the trunk.
6: Wait, where's Willie the Wiggler? Polly, I called yous all here so's we, as heads of the most powerful Midwestern cities, could unite in the aftermath of Prohibition ending. Petty and fighting weakens us all, and through a massive alliance, we can stay strong and thrive with a trade and services agreement that is beneficial to all involved parties. Yeah,
2: we know all that. So why ain't Willy the Wiggler here?
6: He's from Des Moines. Oh, oh right. Before we begin, allow me to offer you all a drink. We got a great new bartender. Hop to it. Whiskey's all around. Here you are, gentlemen. Great, now I am square. We got business. Guido, go get the screen and projector.
8: Sure thing, boss.
5: Look, Nunzio, I know this alliance thing is your baby, but I don't see no point. Alliances don't benefit nobody but the weak. And if there's one thing you can count on, it's that Detroit ain't never gonna be anything but strong. Am I right, fellas?
3: Go Packers.
6: <laughs> and that's why I'm allergic to chickens. Now Let's hear him out. This whiskey's good. Thanks, Tony. Now, Guido is setting up a screen and slide projector. I have several slides showing graphs and maps with estimated increases in revenue if we pull together and pool resources. And don't worry, this won't take all day. Guido fixed up the slideshow using the same mechanism as a Gatling gun. So instead of having to shove slides in one at a time, they feed automatically. Take it away, Guido!
1: Guido dimmed the lights and started up the projector. But as the slides came up on the screen... The gathered Goombas were amazed to discover that instead of maps, graphs, and revenue estimates...
5: (laughs) (laughs) Nice tides, Nunzio!
1: (laughs) What the? Guido? They were looking at pictures from Nunzio's fifth grade school play, where he had played the role of Puck!
5: (laughs) (laughs) Ain't you the cutest little pixie?
3: Down with Chicago. Go Packers. (laughs) Smuggling
6: grapes. (laughs) Guido, stop this crazy thing.
8: Your uh... Look,
6: fellas. Thanks for the laugh, Nunzio.
5: I needed that. But what I don't need is some prancing mamby-pamby as a partner. I just can't take you serious. I'm out of here.
1: Go,
8: Packers. With a plunger.
2: Tony. I think the idea's good, Nunzio. But if everybody ain't in, it'll never work. And without Detroit, ain't nobody gonna join. I gotta bow out. See ya. GUIDO!
4: YAPE!
1: We'll return to Throwing Shade, Rules of Engagement, in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Friends, are you hungry in the morning? Well, then buy manko flakes from Generic Mills, because it's food! let's face it, that's what you should be eating. Wait a minute, that's it? Really? Seems to me the people over at Manco Flakes are putting as much effort into their ads as they do their cereal. Alrighty then. And now, a few words from other important personages.
0: Them, come quick.
9: What is it, Shade? Is someone in danger?
0: There sure is, Vamp. Businesses and theatre companies across the country are falling victim to sagging sales and empty seats. We're facing an economic catastrophe worse than the last economic catastrophe.
9: <gasps> oh no! We have to do something! We should take to the streets! Find clues! Interrogate suspects!
0: Sell advertising!
9: Wait, right, Sell! What?
0: Businesses and theater companies can buy ad space with us, Vamp, on Throwing Shade. They'll reach thousands of discerning, law-and-order-loving...
9: Comedy-starved!
0: Comedy-starved listeners from coast to coast.
9: I understand they can listen to us on something called a podcast.
0: Yes, that's true. You can hear us wherever these podcasts are broadcast.
9: What does a podcast mean, Shade?
0: I haven't the faintest idea. Maybe throwing peas? Oh! <gasps> Maybe that's the world peas I keep hearing everyone striving for.
9: I'm ignoring that. Mm. It sounds like advertising with us could rescue these businesses and theater companies.
0: And save their bottom line. The rates are incredibly affordable.
9: Well, there is a depression.
0: Really? I'm quite happy.
9: Get in touch for the Eclectic Full Contact Theater at info at eclectic-theater.com. Say goodnight, Shade.
0: Goodnight, Shade.
1: And now, back to Throwing Shade, Rules of Engagement. Act Two, Scene One. The tail wags the heroes. Honestly, there's a lot going on. Do your best. As Theo, Wednesday, and Wally made their way through the city, they began to think they were being followed.
2: I think we're being followed. What makes you say that?
1: Don't look. But it
7: could be that strange man in the trench coat, low-slung hat, and sunglasses that has stayed a consistent fifteen paces behind us for the last twenty minutes. What? Where? Theo spun to look. (laughs) I just said
0: don't look. Does anybody ever not look when told that? That's like telling someone not to think of a pink elephant.
2: Great. I'm being followed, and I can't think of anything but a pink elephant. See?
0: Can we please focus? I can try, but you know I'm slightly (laughs) nearsighted.
7: I hate that I'm laughing at that.
0: Is he always like this?
7: This is one of his good days.
0: Look, in order to deal with this tale, I think we
2: should split up.
7: Theo, that makes absolutely no... Wait. Split up?
2: That sounds like a good idea. He can't follow us all separately.
7: It is a good idea. I need to get this down.
2: Okay, so if we all pick a different direction... You go in one direction, Wally, and Wednesday
0: and I will go in another. Why? Because Wednesday, then you and I can... You know.
7: Oh! Yes! Absolutely! We have informants that we can talk to who are only comfortable speaking to both of us at the same time. Together.
0: But shouldn't we... Nope! See you back at the Gazette-Times Herald, Wally. Come on,
2: Wednesday! Huh. Well, that was weird. Those two spend way too much time together. Well, I think I can shake a few trees of my own and see what falls out. I'm sure it'll be... fruitful.
1: Wally Winchell, serious journalist and proud graduate of Harvard University, sighed, disappointed in himself. <sighs>
2: I have got to stop working on the joke-a-day column.
1: Wally headed off down the street. The mysterious stranger hesitated, then started following Wally. Wally, though, noticed and did what he could to disappear into the crowd. After what felt like forever, Wally Winchell looked around and couldn't see the man who had been tailing him.
2: Pretty slickly done there, Winchell. Lost him. Now I can go forth and find out... Yoink!
1: Poor Wally Winchell had no chance to finish sharing his internal monologue, as a hand reached out from a nearby alley and pulled him into the shadows. We now rewind time a bit, loyal listeners to find Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday Morning perched atop a building overlooking their previous position, having surreptitiously changed into the Shade and the Vamp. I just saw
7: Wally start down the street, and it appears our mysterious tale has chosen to follow him. Maybe we should turn the tables and turn our stalker into our quarry. What do you think, Shade? Shade?
0: Sorry, trying to get my other boot on. It's not easy to change in a phone booth. Especially not at the height of lunch hour.
7: I don't have any problems changing.
0: That's because you do it in the spacious back seat of your Nash Advanced Six Coupe. I don't know why you won't let me use it.
7: Shade! The very idea!
0: After you. Or before. Or we put a curtain up between the front seat and the back seat. We have to do something. I think I put my pants on backwards.
7: If you're through complaining.
0: And you should let me drive more. There. I'm done.
7: I was suggesting we try tailing
1: the tail. What do you think?
0: That's not a bad idea. Come on!
1: The shade took off, running to the edge of the roof. Hey! Wait! Shade! You forgot your. Woo! <laughs> Rope. The vamp walked to the edge of the roof and peeked over to find the shade hanging off a flagpole.
0: This wouldn't happen if I had room to change.
1: (laughs) The vamp couldn't help but laugh, especially at the perturbed look on the shade's face.
0: I'm glad you find this funny.
1: Good. That makes me feel better.
0: About what?
7: This.
0: (laughs) Throw me a rope. What are you waiting for?
7: To see who salutes. What? That doesn't get any appreciation?
0: I'd applaud, but my hands are kind of full at the
1: moment. Right. Here you go. The vamp threw the shade a rope, hauled him up, and once he was properly accessorized took off in pursuit of Wally and the mysterious stranger. As they followed, they noticed how Wally was attempting to lose the tail. They were impressed. Hm, I'm impressed. Wally's
7: doing a good job of hiding in the crowd.
0: Almost too good. If he loses the stranger, we may not be able to find out who he is or what he wants.
7: Well, don't worry about it. While Wally is doing a good job, there's no way he could disappear completely.
0: Um... Vamp, Wally's completely disappeared. What? He was right down there, and now he's gone. And I don't see the mysterious stranger anymore, either.
1: The two heroes made their way down to the last place they saw Wally, near a small alley. But this is ridiculous. He couldn't have just disappeared.
0: I can't find any trace of him.
1: How about down the alley? The Shade and the Vamp made their way through the alley, but found nothing.
0: We've found nothing! Maybe he made his way back to the paper.
7: Well, it's as good an idea as any other. Come on!
0: I just don't understand it. Where's Wally?
1: To answer that question, let's catch up with Wally, who finds himself tied to a chair in an abandoned warehouse with a bright light in his eyes. (laughs) What? Where am I?
8: I'll ask the questions here, maggot. Who are you? What did I just
2: say? Sorry. I'm new to the whole third-degree thing. Now,
8: I want information, and you're the person who can give it to me, if you know what's good for you.
2: Look, I don't know much. I know Germany's Chancellor is consolidating power by reforming the military into forces made of his own people. I know there's rumblings that he'll try to take back the Rhineland and that he's openly disdainful to the Treaty of Versailles. What are you talking about? Is that not what you want to know? My theories on what's about to happen in Europe? I couldn't care less. I want to know about things closer to home. Well, I haven't had a chance to look too deeply into it, but it seems like there's a large criminal organization behind the recent spate of awkward and embarrassing events lately. Now I personally blame- Why would you think I cared? Well, isn't that why you grabbed me? To find out what I know about these weird happenings?
8: No, you sniveling little worm. I grabbed you because I want to know what's going on between
2: Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday morning. What? They... they work together. Work together? Is that all? I mean, they're always together. Come to think of it, they do seem awfully close. It's funny, I never thought of it like that, but once you do, you can't really stop. I guess it's like pink elephants. What are you? Like, right before we split up, Theo said the two of them had to go off and... You know. Which, at the time, I figured was just some sort of inside joke thing, but now, they might be romantically involved. I knew it. Good thing my plan is already in motion. What plan? Hello? Hello? Sorry, but you seem to have left me tied to a chair. (laughs) Hello? Okay, I'll just stay here then. Maybe this light shining directly into my face will help give me a bright idea.
1: (laughs) I really need a new job. Act 2, Scene 2. Mixed Doubles. Some new faces come on the scene. Having changed back to Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday morning, our heroes return to the offices of the Gazette-Times Herald. Only slightly worse for wear. Rockwell! Why
0: are your pants on backwards? I told you your trunk was too dark.
1: Be glad
7: it wasn't a phone
0: booth. New fashion, Chief. Uh, Makes it easier to find things in your back pockets.
8: Oh. That makes sense. It does? No, but I really don't want to take the time to talk about it. Rockwell, morning. I'd like to introduce you to our newest employee, Miss Trina Love.
10: What was that? Oh, that? I barely notice it anymore. Happens everywhere I go.
8: Yowza! I I mean, uh, hello there. In an effort to diversify the paper and get the women's rights people off my back, Miss Love will be joining us as a typist.
7: (laughs) Always nice to have another woman on the team.
10: My, how ingenious! Carrying your typewriter around like that. I could never do that.
7: (laughs) Well, it's not hard. I could show you. I'd do that,
10: I'd never be able to reach the keys.
7: Mr. Clemens, could I speak with you?
8: What's the problem, Morning? I thought you'd be tickled pink with me adding another dame to the staff.
7: All right, ignoring the use of the word dame for now. I just thought that when you did, it'd be someone, you know, frumpy, broken down, older, less that.
8: What's the matter? You jealous?
7: What? No, I just worry whether she can do the job.
8: She came highly recommended. Apparently did some work for the government.
7: So did Mata Hari.
8: So the duck says... Rockwell!
10: The duck says Rockwell? Oh boy. Somebody
8: called in a report of an alligator in the sewer. Check it out, and take Trina along with you and show her the ropes.
10: But, Mr. Clemens, I... uh... But, Chief,
8: Wednesday and I...
10: Alligator in the sewer? Ooh, scary. I'll have to stay really close to you, in case I get scared. (whistles) I'll do it. Benedict Arnold.
0: This is no time to be thinking about breakfast.
7: Don't think jokes are going to save you.
10: Thank you so much, Mr. Rockwell. Uh, Call me Theo. Theo... I really do appreciate you showing me the ropes. Mr. Clemens said you were the best reporter he had.
0: Really,
7: Chief?
8: No, I said you were the only one I had available.
10: I read between the lines.
7: Probably the only reading she's ever done.
8: All right, Rockwell, those gators aren't getting any younger. Get out there and get me that story.
7: And what am I supposed to do?
0: You can keep looking into that, uh, other thing while I do this, and see if you can find Wally. Don't worry, I won't be gone long.
10: Theo, you know the shade, don't you? I'd love to hear all about it. Maybe over dinner.
0: This may take longer than I thought.
7: Men. They see an attractive face, and they become incoherent children.
1: Excuse me, miss. Wednesday turned and looked up into a face that seemed carved from marble and modeled in her dreams. It even had a dimple. But unlike her male counterpart, Wednesday stayed calm, collected, and mature.
7: <laughs> dimple. Pardon me? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just dimpling your handsome. I mean, handsome guy. Your face, face, yours, dimple. I, I like. Oh. Is it hot in here?
3: I'm sorry. I don't speak. Whatever that is. Yeah. I'm looking for Wednesday morning. Do you know where I can find her?
7: Here! Here! I mean, I'm Wednesday morning. How may I help you?
1: Yep. No incoherent child here. Oh, well, a pleasure to meet you. My name's Spillane.
3: Marlo Spillane. Private investigator, and I have a proposition for you.
1: Yes! I mean, oh... Oh, she's smooth. <laughs> like sandpaper. I'm looking
3: for a partner. Someone smart, funny, witty, independent, and an amazing typist. You interested?
7: Well, that is, I mean, I have a job.
3: I understand, but maybe you'll let me try to convince you, say, over dinner. <laughs> I've been following your career, and I have to say, I really do believe you're the woman for me. What do you say?
7: I think dinner sounds delightful.
1: Act Two, Scene Three The Parent Trap The plot twists so hard, it throws out its back. The rest of the day passed. Theo showed Trina the ropes.
0: Now, before you go into a sewer after an alleged alligator, make sure you have a good sturdy rope, like this one. And make sure it's tied securely, in case you need to make a hasty exit. But I wouldn't worry. I don't think there's any alligator down there.
1: He also showed her how to deal with a good news, bad news situation.
10: What do you see?
1: Well, I have good news and bad news. The good news is I was
0: right. There's no alligator.
1: What's the bad news?
0: It's a crocodile!
1: Pull me up! Pull me up! Marlo Spillane plied Wednesday morning with charm, an irresistible dimple, and... pizza? Have to admit,
7: when you said dinner, I wasn't expecting pizza.
3: I know. I just can't get enough of this local stuff. We don't have pizza like this where I grew up. Oh? Where's that? New Jersey. So believe me, pizza you can't fold is a true novelty. I hope you don't mind.
1: He smiled then, which caused Wednesday to respond as only a full-grown, independent woman would. (laughs) And Wally Winchell discovered that given enough time, he was able to untie knots he couldn't see even with both hands tied behind his back. Literally. At last, I'm free! I have to warn
2: Theo and Wednesday. After I get the feeling back in my legs.
1: Later that night, Theo returned to the offices of the Chicago Gazette-Times Herald with Trina Love.
0: Well, Trina, I hope today helped you get more acclimated to how things work here at the Gazette-Times Herald. And thanks again for your quick thinking with the crocodile. I had no idea a purse could do that much damage.
10: Don't mention it, Theo. I've always been handy with a purse. Keeps the mashes at bay. Sure was lovely getting to spend the evening with a real gentleman. See you tomorrow.
1: Whoa! I did not see that coming. Forward little thing, isn't she? But Theo handled it with aplomb.
0: Yes. See your lips. I, I mean, I'll, I'll lips you tomorrow. I, I mean, I, I, is it hot in here?
1: You're cute. And with that, Trina Love turned and walked away.
0: <coughs>
1: and a few minutes later, Wednesday morning arrived at the Gazette-Times-Herald, escorted by Marlo Spillane.
7: Thank you, Marlo, for the dinner, the conversation, and uh, the offer.
3: I got you say yes to the conversation and the dinner. Hopefully I can make it three for three. How about just part-time? See how it goes? I hope you're only looking to make the job part-time, because I have another full-time position I would be most interested in having you fill this morning.
7: (laughs) Mr. Spillane! You certainly know how to turn a girl's head.
3: I certainly hope so. I'll call you tomorrow, Wednesday. Good night.
1: All right, just what is going on? When did this become a French novel?
7: Talk to you tomorrow, Dimple.
0: Wednesday, you won't believe what happened.
7: Theo, you won't believe what happened.
2: Wednesday you won't believe what happened wally? wally
1: where have you been how did you shake the fellow tailing you
2: it's really amazing you see
1: before wally could relay his tale of trials and tribulations the door burst open
5: theo there you are don't worry i'm here now and everything's going to be fine
0: ma what are you doing here
5: You think I wouldn't come at a time like this? A mother is always there when there's an emergency.
0: Emergency? What emergency? Wednesday, what's my mother talking about?
5: Ah, the eternal question. Nice to see you too, Twelfth of Never.
2: Wally, do you know anything about this? To be honest, I'm surprised I'm upright. I think that high-powered light bulb may have dehydrated me. Do I look red to you? Wally, I know you have some odd political beliefs, but I wouldn't say that.
7: Could somebody please tell me what your mother is doing here?
1: Before anyone could answer that question, the door, which had apparently swung shut all on its own, burst open again.
8: All right. Nobody move. I'll take care of this.
5: Excuse me, whoever you are, but you can't just burst in on my my bursting in. Dad?
2: Oh, no. I don't mean to interrupt, but I think he's fainted. Typical.
1: Why are Theo and Wednesday's parents in Chicago? Let me tell you. That's on a need-to-know basis. Will Wednesday become a private eye? Really? You want to talk about that now? Will we ever find out who's embarrassing all these do-gooders? You never know. Some of these questions may be answered next week in the pulse-quickening season finale of Throwing Shade, Rules of Engagement. Here's a sneak listen. Throwing Shade is brought to you by Chicago's premier storefront theater company, Eclectic Full Contact Theater, announcing the Chicago premiere of David J. Lowers' The Rough Guide to the Underworld. What fresh hell is this? It's a travelogue like you've never seen. Mash up a Ken Burns documentary with scenes cribbed from Sorkin and Mamet. Add commentary from Virgil, Dante, and Twain. Infuse it with high-proof music and video. Then blend until frothy and hang on tight. You're taking a ridiculous ride through everyone's favorite mythical anti-destination. Runs May 5th through June 6th, 2020 at the Athenaeum Theater, 2936 North Southport Avenue. Check out all the info at eclectic-theater.com. Tickets on sale soon. Loyal listeners get a special discount Use the code WEDNESDAY and get up to 50% off your tickets. EFCT is irreverent. EFCT is unique. EFCT is theater. This has been Throwing Shade. Brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater. And sponsored by Generic Mills Mango Flakes. Created by Sarah Siegel and Andrew Pond. Written by Andrew Pond. Starring the voice talents of Jessica Lauren Fisher, Reed Henry, Daniel Hool, Serena Johnston, Noelle Kleiss, Lily Lalios, Hannah Luthringer, and Andrew Pond. Our Foley artist is Laurie Eyer. Our engineer is Daniel Hoole. And I'm your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina Salamone! Tune in next week. Same Shade Time, Same Shade Station!
0: Hello everyone, I'm Andrew Pond.
9: And I'm Sarah Siegel.
0: You may remember us from such podcasts as the one you were just listening to.
9: We'd like to thank you for joining us and hope you've enjoyed the adventures of Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday Morning.
0: And The Shade and the Vamp. If so, please head over to Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade Patreon page at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a patron.
9: You can support Throwing Shade for as little as a dollar a month. That may be the literal definition of a pittance.
0: Become a patron today and join such luminarious folks as Mike Drugan. Uh,
9: luminarius?
0: What? It's a word.
9: Anyway... Becoming a patron gets you access to behind-the-scenes videos, episode outtakes, merchandise, and much, much more. Including the opportunity to ask us anything.
0: I myself am an open book.
9: More like a picture book.
0: Be glad it's not a pop-up.
9: So, head over to patreon.com E-F-C-T to support Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade.
0: And head over to eclectic-theater.com to find out what else Eclectic Full Contact Theater is up to. Say goodnight, Andrew.
9: Good night, Andrew. hi